This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Podcast. And pleased to be joined by Mr. Merritt, who now has a Mrs., next to him which is uh congratulations are in order there but before we get into this podcast uh want to remind you that if you like this podcast be sure to rate it be sure to review it be sure to tell all your friends about it of course if you like what we do even more you can follow us all the time over on the michiganinsider.com one dollar gets you in your first month and once you become a full paying member after that you get access to paramount plus as part of your subscription and then finally if you're watching us over on YouTube, be sure to like the channel. Be, to, be sure to subscribe to the channel as well, and you'll get a notification whenever we get up another video. Uh, me or anyone else from the Michigan Insider crew, the best in the land. One of that crew is Mr. Bryce Marriage. So how does it feel, Bryce? Uh, about a weekend to being Mr. Marriage and Mr. and Mrs. Marriage. How does that feel? To be honest with you, it's just relaxing. You know, the process of trying to set up the wedding and um, catering and bartending. And there's so many things that comes to planning a wedding and the day off that you plan for months and months and months. And then the day comes and it's just so fast, you know. But um, I'm glad you were there. I hope you had a good time. Uh, I definitely did. I definitely had a good time. So. Yeah, had awesome. a great time. I wouldn't have missed it, man. Wouldn't have missed it for sure. Awesome. My so, allergies yeah. were acting up, though. My allergies <laughs> were really bad that day. I was going sure on. They so. Sure they were. I could see the emotions welling up in you, man. That was that was good to see too. You did you did well, Bryce. You, you outkicked your coverage, as they say. If we kick, we stick with the football analogies. Well, you you so, know, gotcha. I was gonna say, you know, Sam, the people didn't see it, but we I had a huddle with the groomsmen there. I wasn't sure. I had to check in with you know. Seeing what all the guys found, you know, they gave me the thumbs up. So I was like, all right, I guess we can do this. There you go. There you go. All right. So on the recruiting trail, you know, the the recruiting, the beat keeps on going on, right? And so even though it was an away game, Michigan got unique circumstance. They had a visitor, a top 247 visitor at that, make his way to campus, right? Yeah. So Davon Hobbs, um, a 2023 four-star defensive lineman, out of the great state of North Carolina, actually took a trip up on Sunday. And this is a guy that actually was visiting Ohio State. And so I think maybe got bored of the game against Rutgers. I'm not sure. But he said, <laughs> you know what? He said, let's let's check out Ann Arbor because it's about a four-hour drive from Columbus. So he made up the trip with his family. I know his, um, I want to say younger sister, is looking at college basketball programs yeah so that's a feather in the cap because sam as you know very well better than others the women's basketball program is on the rise right now and kim you know barnes and rico she's doing a fabulous job with that program but anyways yeah so the football team got the win at kinnick they flew back and now they're welcoming a four-star defense alignment on campus and i was told uh went really well 
I know I talked to him just a little bit, and he said what really stood out was the program itself and just, I guess, how they handle the defensive linemen, especially the edges and, um, you know, edge rushers and defensive ends. I think that's kind of where they see him at. He's kind of a bigger, kind of a tweener. He's 6'4", 265 right now, so he could bulk up and slide inside, or you, you could take off some pounds on him and slide him more to the outside. So, a big thing with Mike Elston is that he likes that versatility, you know, to be able to move guys around. But this is a guy, Sam, they offered in June. So maybe a lot of Michigan fans aren't too familiar with him and his recruitment, but they offered him in June. He really wanted to take a visit during the summer, was unable to do so. He's kind of blown up recently. He's landed a lot of offers. He's got about uh, let me double check 26 offers to be exact. And from a lot of the top programs, as I said, he was just at Ohio state. He's taken three of his official visits right now. The plans are Alabama and Georgia to get the last two, but he told me that he would like to get back to Michigan. Not sure if it's going to be official or it's going to be unofficial, but I was told the main purpose of this visit was trying to get him back up to campus and any aspect, if it's official or unofficial. And after talking to him and people inside the program, there's good possibility of that happening. So I think all signs are pointing in the right direction since recruitment. It's kind of an uphill battle at the moment, but this is a good first step and definitely a surprise as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to tell how much of a factor uh, Michigan is now. Uh, in the aftermath of that visit, if they can get them back up for the uh, for the second visit, that will tell the tale. Because look, his sister Ella, she's big time. Uh, you know, as highly rated as as he is on as Davon is on the you know football side of things, she's rated even higher. She's like top thirty uh, in the country uh, in the twenty four class. So a big big time recruit for Kim Barnes Rico and the women's basketball program who they've been, she's been absolutely killing it on the trail every single year. She seems to, she seems to do, you know, even better, get a, you know, another highly ranked player. It, it's, it's fitting that she uh, on the heels of another successful year is, is luring a prospect like that to campus. And they have a sister, another sister, uh, the youngest sister is a freshman. Uh, and I believe she's, Big time as well. I haven't seen any rankings as far as she's she's concerned. But you look at the, the social media from the Michigan visit is is Davine, is his sister Ella, and then there's another sister in there, Camry. And there, you know, this is one of those things where maybe the programs can kind of work together uh, to maybe help one another out. But on the football side of things, you got them to campus once, Bryce. You know how we feel about the out of region guys. Can you get them on campus more than once? Uh, and that will sort of give you a lead into whether or not you have a real shot or not. So we'll see. Uh, it was a, a nice bounce, uh, but hard to t- hard to tell and hard to say how legit Michigan is in the race. With it was actually kind of a split thing where Dad went with uh, went with the girls on the basketball side of things, and Mom went with Davon. According, I was talking to Steve Wolfong about it. He said, uh, you know, Mom went with Davon on the football side of things. So. Get them back up, get the whole family the football experience, and we'll see if Michigan can get some traction there. Kind of like they did with Chris Peel, you know, staying in North Carolina. Obviously, uh, Davon being from North Carolina, a little north of Charlotte, 
this is around the window that Chris Peel, Bryce, is supposed to be making his decision. As you recall, he uh, he visited Michigan uh, for the UConn game. I believe that was on the 16th. That was the date. That was the date that South Carolina won it. Right. That that wound up having to be moved as a result. And, uh, you know, it was one of those deals where uh, you thought maybe Michigan was going to be the last visit. It wound up not being the last visit. He, he moved the, uh, the South Carolina visit down and and then was going to make his decision after that. Well, now comes word, Bryce, where I was talking to Steve about this, too. He said uh, he's supposed to he being Chris Peel is supposed to make another visit back to Georgia this weekend. So where do things stand? I'm actually going to go to Providence Day Friday. So tomorrow we're recording this on a Thursday. I'm going to go to Providence Day tomorrow, kind of get a feel from Chris about where things are sort of leaning timeline-wise. But circumstances with Georgia haven't changed. They're still loaded in this class at corner. And I got to tell you, since he made his way to Michigan, there, I mean, just the, the vibe, the Michigan vibe with him is palpable. Like, you know, he he clearly is feeling a lot more comfortable with Michigan and as important, if not more so. Uh, you know, mom is feeling really comfortable with the idea of him going to Michigan. That was one of the things that really came across in my conversation with them. But Georgia's Georgia. You know, there's nothing that says they can't stack four highly rated corners in the class. But the, the need for him at Michigan is clearly greater. Uh, it is, uh, you know, he is at or near the top of the board. Uh, the the class is devoid of of guys at the position right now. It just seems to be a lot of things lining up that are favorable for Michigan. Bryce, and the other thing is, I mean, my gut tells me Michigan is feeling really, really, really good about this one. Now that doesn't mean anything if the kid isn't isn't really feeling them that feeling them as much as as they seem to be thinking uh, he is. And I'm gonna find out more about that tomorrow. Yeah, you know, going back to his official visit, Sam, I think what was really, really uh, crucial when it came to that trip was, again, he was the lone guy on campus. So, again, I don't know if people remember or recall that official visit, but they got to personalize that trip, really customize it to his liking, what he wants to see, what he wants to do, and spend much more time compared to, let's say, the Penn State or Michigan State game, if they were trying to get him up for one of those games where they would have several official visitors in town. Um, biggest thing for me when it comes to this recruitment is not getting just Chris's approval, but like you said, getting his family's approval and really getting them on board to saying, hey, this is the best spot, the best destination for Chris and his future. And from what I've heard, from these, you know, trips and kind of the recruitment going forward, Michigan, especially Steve Klinkscale, have done a fabulous job forming that bridge and that bond with not only Chris, but the family and showing them, hey, this is a great opportunity, not for you on the field, but off the field. And I think that's really resonating and connecting with the family. The biggest thing I'm looking out for, though, is Georgia, as you said, at this point, especially with defense of players, they can almost pick who they want, you know, especially with how well they've done um, in the past few years here. So right now I've, I've, if I had to, you know, narrow down the race, I would say it's more of a Michigan, Georgia, you know, 
neck and neck battle. I think other schools are definitely in the fold and definitely making a strong push. But I like where Michigan stands, but I like where Georgia stands. So we're going to see where things go. I'm not close to a crystal ball pick on this. And I know, Sam, you've been on this recruitment better than anyone. Um, And if you feel good about Michigan, I feel good about Michigan. But I know, as you're saying, too, George is right there. So you're going to have a better feel after you visit him, I know. Yeah, you know, you got the most of the other schools and the guys who cover the other schools in this race. It, it was North Carolina State and Michigan. That was a strong, strong vibe. It has definitely shifted to Michigan and Georgia. The common the common theme is Michigan, right? Which is they're the surprise in this mix. But I, I'll go back to what I said before. And, and by the way, it's worthy of note that as good as I hear Michigan is feeling about this, Georgia seems to be feeling just as good. Like, you know, if their guys are saying, yeah, you know, Georgia really thinks they're about to get him as he's uh, getting closer to making the decision. And we just had this whole deal last month or, la- or a couple of weeks ago about how it's great to have the last visit, you know, in a, certain, in a situation like this when a guy is close to making a decision. Well, this would line up if he does indeed make this trip that Georgia would have the last visit with the circumstances of their class, which I, what I keep coming back to haven't changed. You know, they're still loaded at this position. I really feel like, you know, the the ground that Michigan made up relationship wise was significant, making it up twice in the span of a month. Uh, but this will tell the tale uh, making it back. Uh, he took his official to Georgia back during the summer. Uh, and so this will be getting back down there to, to sort of reconnect and uh, and see if that's where he wants to be. Uh, you know, and we'll talk, but we'll talk to him ahead of time. Be sure to check us out over on the michiganinsider.com to sort of get feedback from the game tomorrow. I'll talk to all the other guys too. I mean, Georgia really hot on the trail of Jaden Davis as well. They're recruiting the other, uh, the receivers are recruiting the other guys there at Providence State, just like Michigan. Chris is the closest one to making a decision. And most people believe it's a two horse race between the Bulldogs and, and the Wolverines. But Bryce, before you went on, uh, on your marital or your nuptials hiatus, you put in a crystal ball for Nate Afobi out of Georgia. And uh, we sort of gave our take on why you did that. Why don't you give word yourself? Yeah, I didn't mean to just leave you guys hanging there, putting that crystal ball pick and just leave. But he's a guy that I don't know if you guys recall, I was feeling good about before he even took this trip up to Ann Arbor. And so, this is a guy that, again, I don't know if this is a trend, but they offered kind of late in summer, picked up steam and traction this recruitment, led by Sharon Moore, who's done a great job just recruiting him and also the family as well. Um, his mom, Nathan Afobi, has a connection to David Ojabo and his family, and they both know each other pretty well. I, I think when it came to this um, trip, it was more of, okay, he's from Georgia, we're going up to Ann Arbor, Michigan. How is how are we gonna like, you know, the whole experience going from going to the airport and getting, you know, the rental car and then driving to Ann Arbor? That's that's a different experience where you could just again drive close to wherever you're looking at. Um, and from everything I heard, and what he said is they absolutely loved it from start to finish. They loved the trip, and he flat out told me that Michigan at the this time leads now. Biggest bugaboo is he's planning on making a decision November or December. So there's time for other schools to kind of give visits and for him to check out. But the biggest thing and why I made that crystal ball pick is not only did he like it, 
And not only did he say Michigan led, but that visit was changed, Sam. That was supposed to be an official visit. And last minute, they made it an unofficial visit. So what does that mean? He's coming back. back. Yeah. And he's going to make official visit. So he made that previous trip on his own dime. And if he liked the unofficial that much, can you imagine how much he's going to like his official visit? So I feel really good about him. Michigan likes him. Initially, I, I felt like it was more of an interior type of guy. But the, Sharon Moore told him, we like your versatility at 6'4", 282, where you could swing out to tackle or you could play even center, you know, potentially. So they really like his game, a guy who's got a high, you know, ceiling um, and a guy that they feel like he can do a lot in terms of his growth and potential at the next level. And we'll see. But, yeah, I just feel really good about that. And that's also a position – an area they really need to get more bodies. They got two quality guys right now of Evan Link and Amir Herring. But if you can pair him with, you know, Nathan Afope and knock on one, maybe like a Spencer Fano or DJ Chester. Now we're looking at this offensive line hole is very impressive. You know, I think it's trending in the right direction. And obviously if you can get a phobie, you're really liking this hole. So big time, big time guy. Well, one more before we take a break and get to our expert guest, Bryce. Uh, Rodney Laura, what's the what's the deal? What's the latest with Rodney Laura? Well, as you know, we've kind of documented the recruiting class in this cycle. They have about, I want to say, I'm drawing a blank. You know, that's what happens, Sam, when you get married, man. You sometimes forget things. It was a long day. But um, I think they got about 14 commits right now. They got plenty of room to add more guys. And it seems like they're taking a slower approach and kind of doing what they did last cycle, whereas hopefully they can flip some of these guys towards the, you know, tail end of this, you know, recruiting process. And maybe guys, you know, fall through the cracks where they were committed at one point and they later on reopen, they look at other schools. That's the case for Rodney and Laura. You know, he's a six foot four, 270 pound defense alignment from Woodbury Forest, Virginia. He's not the highest rated, you know, prospect in the class, but he's slowly but surely seeing his stock rise after his senior season. He's kind of a, he's having a really good senior season. And so he committed to uh, Virginia back in the summer. I want to say it was around June. Recently decommitted um, from Virginia. And now he said to our Brian Doan of 24-7 Sports that Michigan, um, Tennessee, and Penn State, those three schools are talking to him the most. You know, he's planning on trying to get up to Michigan. I like where Michigan stands because when he had a top list before he committed to Virginia, Michigan was in that top list, whereas Tennessee and Penn State were nowhere to be found at that point. Now, obviously, they're making a big push for this recruitment going forward, but this is a guy, again, where Michigan liked him early on. They weren't able to land him. And that's kind of what we're talking about. You're circling back and something, Sam, you said, just keeping the iron in the fire. You know, stuff happens. Guys get fired. I mean, I don't think a lot of people anticipated Paul, you know, Paul Christ or maybe Scott Frost. But now, you know, I'm not certain coaches you're probably not anticipating, let alone getting fired in midseason. So Michigan's doing a good job of keeping those lines of communication open and seeing what guys pop up throughout the season and that this is one case and one example of that happening where Rodney and Laura 
He's a, having a great senior season. Other schools are really liking what they're saying, making that push. And Virginia's kind of struggling. They're, he's not, I guess, a huge fan of what's going on in that program with Tony Elliott. And so he wanted, he took a step back. He's looking at other schools. And Michigan's right there to where they're not just showing up at the front door. Again, like I said, on Thanksgiving, when you haven't seen them for any uh, other holidays, they've always been there. And that's what they're doing in this case. He's a guy I think has a, they have a good possibility of they can add him to the fold when it's all said and done. But first step is getting him back on campus. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll catch up on Rodney Laura and more when we catch up with Brian Doan. So a lot still to come here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So stay tuned. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider with a another great guest. And always, it just feels like we're, we're missing something if we don't have this guy as a podcast guest plugged in on the East Coast, our East Coast source. Whenever there's a prospect we want to know about, I call my guy Brian Doan. How you doing, Brian? Listen, Sam, I am, I am starting off the day speaking with you. I got to speak with you last night. I cannot be much better. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I've seen and talked to Nick a lot. Nick, I got to give us Nicholas Harbor a lot, right? <laughs> hey, yo, pe- people should just know. <laughs> yeah, when you say Nick, everyone around the country knows you're talking about Nick Harbor, right? I don't care where you go, what campus you're on. You say Nick, they know it's yeah. Nick Harbor. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, that was close to Christmas with St. Nick, but other than right. that, yes. <laughs> I've seen and talked to him a lot. You've seen and talked to him for even longer. Yeah. We're deep in that recruitment now. Uh, what's the latest you're you're hearing on him coming off the Michigan visit and with three visits remaining? How do you handicap that one at this point? You know, it's funny. You say we're pretty deep into it, but not nearly as deep enough, right? It, 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 there's more to it because he only made two visits, two mm-hmm. official visits. And, you know, you're looking at South Carolina and Michigan as the official visits. He's still going to take one to Maryland, which – he, he always tells me it's going to be after the season, which is when Maryland's going to want him on campus so they can devote all their time to him. Um, and he was supposed to be at LSU for this weekend and didn't go because he has a football game, has a bye next weekend. They're trying to figure out what to do with a visit there. SC still looms, Georgia, um, Miami, where he was supposed to officially visit back in June and then kind of canceled it. So there's a lot that still has to get worked out with him. And and I think, you know, we all fall in love with the speed, the athleticism, the size. And then you're like, 
is he a linebacker, an edge, a tight end? I mean, what is he? I keep going back to something he told me over the summer when we were going over recruiting. And I think this is something that people really have to pay attention to. And at that time, he told me he spoke to the track coaches and the track programs more than the football ones. And so as we try to handicap this, it's a little different because I I think NIL stuff will come into play, not only in the football side, but the track side. But the track element is a big deal in this one. And it's not some kid who's going to play football and run track in the spring. It's a kid that is going to do both and have one be sport 1A and one be sport 1B. And I think, so when we say, are we deep into it? I don't think we're deep into it yet. I think we're further along than we've been. Things really seem to be um, skewing towards the last place he went. I mean, I know there was a lot of uh, SC buzz after he went to SC. A lot of it, right? There was a ton of Michigan buzz after his Michigan, his initial Michigan visit. Uh, the most recent recipient of it, at least before his latest Michigan official, was South Carolina. A couple of visits to right. South Carolina in a month or month and a half uh, span of time. Do you think that that's just the nature of his of how his recruiting is going? That you know he goes to a campus and he really feels that campus for a time, and momentum is seized by the next uh, program. Or do you do you really sense that there are programs that are at least at this point legitimately uh, out front of the others? Well, I, I think I think it's both, um, and I think one of the reasons you see South Carolina and Michigan maybe out front of the others is because he's spent a lot more time at those campuses when you're, when you're there for an official visit, you know, Sam, you know, for, for, a, for unofficial, you're there for a day, you do certain things. It's different than an official where you're around the team the whole time and you see campus and you meet with the academic folks. And it's really just you and somebody touring you around and you get that, that really personalized treatment and not to say he didn't get it on unofficials, but it's just different with officials. And the other thing is, this is not a Nicholas Harbor decision per se. It is a family decision. And so, you know, the family and his parents especially are getting more input than maybe they had when they went like South Carolina. It was really big because he's talking about getting into sports medicine, maybe being a doctor and South Carolina put together a plan for him where he can do that. And it was the first time he and his parents really heard how you can mesh athletics with that. And then he went to Michigan. It was the academics and how, you know, the alumni pipeline and how the education and the degree opens all these other doors and gives you different pathways. And, and it was the first time his parents got a chance to hear that. And so, listen, it's an official visit. You really have to be bad at it to screw it up. And so you're overwhelmed with all this new, great, information on why your son or for Nicholas for himself, why is he, why he's going to be the center point of not only your football program, but maybe your athletic program. And if you don't come out of these visits feeling great, man, that school should just close up to visits. Yeah, I hear you. And yet someone is going to have to set themselves apart at, at some point. Do you think it's a track element that, that does that is, or is this one of those cases? And, 
you got to ask us. You've covered recruiting for a long time. Every kid talks about academics. Every kid, yeah, I mean, without yeah. question, talks about academics. Right. right. How big of a factor do you think that legitimately is in this race, though? I don't, and here's why. And and I believe this wholeheartedly. A degree is what you make of it, right? So you go out, you get your internships, what connections you have. It's what you make of it. And what may be great for one, maybe one school has a great engineering program, but you're not interested in engineering. You're interested in philosophy. And so you go to another. So it's more about the majors and the connections. But listen, he, he is a world-class athlete. And, you know, when you're, when you're that, you're, you're majoring in not only your academic side, but in sports. And sports can set him up for life in a much different way than, you know, maybe a non-sports career. And so to me, it's, it's where you feel comfortable. And for him, it's where he feels comfortable in track. Listen, this is a new kind of way of doing things with NIL. And a lot of kids don't want to speak about NIL, but yet when recruiting happens, you, you know, on, on some of those you know, back end whispers and stuff of, of differences, a lot of it can come down to NIL. And I'm not saying the best package wins, but, you know, if one place can do something with NIL that's significant and the other place is like, oh, that could be a difference maker too. But there's so many different avenues for him to go to. And I, I think what it comes down to, Sam, um, he's talked about waiting until February even. And I mean, Great, I'll, I'll cover it till February if you want. I don't have an issue with that. But so then, you know, are the bells and whistles of the visits done? And now it's just the coaches and the in-homes and, and how you're staying on top of him moving forward from that. Um, you know, if your visits are done, like Michigan, I mean, Har Harbaugh's going to have an in-home with him at some point. Uh -huh. So... You know, Beamer's going to have an in-home with him at some point, as will Brian Kelly down at LSU and Cristobal at Miami and Kirby at Georgia if he's visiting there and, you know, Lincoln Riley with USC. And so you start looking at all that stuff. And, and I think that becomes a bigger thing than the visits and the initial wow of the visits. So, so a couple of things that he's said to me, over the course of the last year that really stick out first. And I want you to react to both first, as it relates to NIL, he said, NIL is going to be big for me wherever I go. <laughs> right. And, it, and he didn't say it in an arrogant sort of way. Understood. It was sort of a, it was sort of a, you know, it's kind of true yeah. with this kid's profile. I just said at the beginning of the interview, man, you say, Nick, people oh nick harbour oh yeah and so he right. has that recognition coming in so i wonder if if you think there's legitimacy to that and then what i sense michigan really trying to lean into from the academic side of things because you you make a, a great point and it's why you know academics are downplayed in the final analysis for for most kids is what you make of it the the academic opportunities are often a, a byproduct for most of these kids of the athletic opportunity and yet this kid has never gotten less than an A. He, you know, his he brings home an A minus, and his dad is like, "What happened?" Right? That they really seem to be like that's the thing. Now I don't know in the final analysis if if Michigan can show enough of a distinction between it and the other schools, but it certainly seems to be trying to. 
Yeah, and, and again, it, it I'll address the academic thing first. It, listen, it, and I always say this, if you look at a Fortune 500 list of CEOs, they're not from five schools. They're from all over the place. And so it's what you make of it. And I think that's important. And if, if it was, I, I think academics become something that recruits and parents talk about when it's convenient, right? So to me, it's about connections, job placement, internship opportunities, and, and what, you, what you make of where you're going to school and do they have those opportunities, right? So, so, if, so if we're just gonna say academics, well, then any kid who says academics is important is carrying a 4.0 should be at Stanford. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Look, closed, I right? understand. That's why I asked the question. Right. I know. No, no, most right. No, and I'm just saying it's right. service for most. I just wonder, do you think now? That it, 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 I'll give you an example. I have a kid who my kid's a senior. He's going to college, and he's going to play Division three lacrosse. And he picked a school on job. Play. He's great academically, much better than I could ever imagine being. Um, but he picked a school based on what he wanted to do. And the majors and the job placement that they had from that. And I think, especially with Nick's family, that's what these decisions become. And then when you're talking about NIL, listen, I, I think he's right in terms of having a national presence everywhere. But if you're running track at USC and you're running track at LSU and you're playing football at USC, you have a lot more brand recognition and a lot more businesses close at hand at USC than a lot of the other schools in the mix. And I think that's, you know, you look at Caleb Williams going there, you look at Jordan Addison transferring from Pitt to go to USC. Listen, man, I, I lived in LA for a long time. There are three things that matter in LA sports, the Lakers, the Dodgers and USC. Okay. Those are the ones that, captivate LA. UCLA, when they're good, they captivate the UCLA crowd and some of the hangers on. USC football captivates everyone. It is a tremendous academic place that a lot of people don't know since it's a private school, but there's a lot more opportunities in LA than anywhere else among his suitors. Yeah. It should be interesting to see how it unfolds. Yeah, I actually no have a a piece with his dad going up on the michiganinsider.com by the time this this posts you folks you, will be Sam able you to need to you need out. to just have a message board like a Nicholas Harbor <laughs> message board too <laughs> just just for it's, it's almost like and it would be great to to compare this to the Rashawn Gary recruitment on on which is more intensified yeah especially for you i mean yeah. you probably could have had a Rashawn Gary message board at that point <laughs> I think we did, <laughs> or at least at least it dominated a, an extra board that we had around around signing day and coaching changes. So one of those things, man. Um, let's let's switch gears. Let's switch gears and talk about another couple of kids here really quickly. Um, let's go over to really quickly Joseph Mupoyi. I bring him up because you just saw Joseph Mupoyi. He was a guy that Michigan was on for a period of time. They he he had to go to a prep school. Meanwhile, Michigan picked up another couple of commitments from from other guys, and 
he's still kind of kept in contact, but seems to be kind of below the radar. What's up with, with Joseph? Well, for, you're right. I, I saw him here. So he was at Archbishop Carroll with Nicholas Harbor, which is where you and I both met Joseph. Um, he's from Congo, came here to play basketball, transitioned to football. So now we have that out of the way for the people that don't know him or, you know, don't remember. So he's at St. Thomas More up in Connecticut, where I think uh, Michigan had a linebacker a few years ago from Florida who played there. Um, anyway, I was with him. He looks great. When I saw him in D.C. last fall, he was some skinny six foot five kid, and now he's a jacked six five, two forty ish. Um, and and to me, he's a premium position because he's an edge kind of rush end guy, defensive end. And Michigan, like Penn State, would take him right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that would be like, yes, we'll we'll, we'll take him right now. Um, Michigan will continue to chart him is my understanding. If there's a kid who's really good at rushing the quarterback, I don't care how many kids you have in your program. You need those kids. There's never enough of them. And so I think Michigan will get a chance to continue to evaluate him. St. Thomas more. So Joseph's a, a, a post-grad maybe. I mean, he's right on time, but because of his age, because he came over from Congo he was too old to play in the WCAC, which is where Archbishop Carroll plays. So now he plays at St. Thomas More, where they have post grads. And, you know, they've played the University of New Haven JV. They played Navy Prep, which is if you commit to Navy, 95% of those kids go to a prep school in Rhode Island as a transition year between high school and going to the Naval Academy. Same thing with Army and West Point. And so he's playing those kind of places and not your traditional schools. And so it's a little harder for to get tape and to evaluate him. Mm -hmm. All right. Another couple of kids that we talked about earlier in the podcast, starting out with a kid I'm actually headed out to see Friday night again, heading over to Providence State. They have a number of prospects. Most people uh, start with Jaden Davis and Michigan very much recruiting him. But Chris Peel, the 23 cornerback, is the kid that's closest to making a decision. Uh, Wolverines hosted him on a, on a really strong official visit. Can tell that there's confidence emanating from Ann Arbor on him. And, and yet there is, uh, got word from Steve Wolfong that he is going to be taking another visit to Georgia before he makes a decision. So what do you make of where things stand with Chris Peel? You know, I, I, and I've spoken to you about this, you know, just on the phone. But for me... I didn't understand why Chris Peel did not commit to Georgia back in the summer. He visited in the June. Everything lined up at that point for him to be, you know, heading to Georgia. And then he decided he wanted to make some more visits. He kind of blew up. He put up some really good track times. He's a kid that at 24-7 sports, we love him. We love his length, his size, his ability to play corner, his athleticism, his speed markers and so for mission to get michigan to get really involved with him is a great job by the staff to continue to keep pushing and pushing but to me if he's going to make another visit to georgia it means we all know he's close to a decision but it means he's not comfortable with what he's going to decide yet does he want to go see georgia because something was missing 
from the first time, so we need to go back and check it out. Did Michigan do so well with him that, hey, before I commit to Michigan, I need to go check out Georgia again to make sure? So, I mean, it's significant, but I, I think it's a great job by Michigan to be in this part. And I know, listen, Michigan's in it to win the recruitment, not to finish second. But then you factor in where he's from, you know, in the Carolinas, close to Georgia. It's it's a really good job by Michigan to, to be where they are. And, you know, you know, recruiting, Sam, this stuff can last. You can commit now, but it could last for another couple of months. Yeah. All right. So another kid uh, from down your way that the Wolverines have been staying in the game with. He uh, took his visit back in June. Uh, I know he visited North Carolina as well. He decommitted from from Virginia a couple of weeks ago. Rodney Laura. So what do you make of Rodney Laura's recruitment and how that one's trending at this point? Yeah, he visited Penn State last weekend unofficial, did not get an offer. Um, you know, I, I think some schools, he, he did not go out and do camps, whether it be, you know, the Under Armour stuff or whatever. So you don't, you don't have a lot of those measurable times, camp times. And so I think schools are waiting to see that his tape looks good. 63 to 64ish about 2 260 pounds or so does not have plus length and so i think schools are really waiting to see just you know keep continue to evaluate him and decide whether they want to bring him on campus you know go watch him play he's putting together a good season at Woodbury Forest um so i think for me in, in looking at where that recruitment stands it's Okay, you decommitted from Virginia. Who's going to push for you? Who's going to get you on campus for an official visit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shall be interesting to to see how that one unfolds. Uh, just a, a couple of more, and let's just focus on a couple of commitments for Michigan mm -hmm. in your region. Starting with Evan Link, I went to see Evan when he played against Nick Harbor. Uh, he had a strong day. Where it is, he's been having a strong season. What do you make of Evan as a prospect? Yeah, I, I like him. I, he's always been a really solid prospect for us. I think he's 88. He's a real high three-star, which to us means that we think that he has NFL upside. It's just it has to continue to develop. You saw him against Nick Harbour. Um, he, he dominated Nick Harbour, which is not a surprise because – Nick is a big time athlete who's still learning the finer points of being a guy who rushes the quarterback, plays football, be able to get the lineman off. Evan Link is much better with his hands. He's a technically sound offensive lineman. Full disclosure, you know, our, our rankings come out um, next week, our updated class of 2023, and I put him in front of the committee which, you know, I'm part of, but put him in front of the committee for, for consideration to move to four stars. So we'll, we'll see how it develops. If he does not move there now, he could still get there by the end of the season. And I know people think it's a three-star is a bad prospect, but a 88 is still a pretty darn good player who, you know, we think has some NFL upside. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing with Evan Link is he, he's – 
so technically sound and comfortable in who he is and knows who he is as a player and is a very relaxed player while being aggressive. And by relaxed, I mean he doesn't get stressed out when he something doesn't go right within a, a rep or a play. And for me, uh, I, I think he's having a good senior season just like I, I thought he would. And, you know, for everybody that – well, he's got to be elevated, be elevated, be elevated. Well, he doesn't do camps. And so you can't just sit there and kind of may and say, well, you know, I think we're going to make him four stars now when you have no new information. If you felt comfortable with what you did with him now, you know – Five months ago, well, you got to wait for new data before you can do something again. And so, you know, I've seen some growth there. I don't think he is, you know, an athletic freak that you see with some of the top 10 offensive linemen in every class. But he, he's had a really good year. And if I'm Michigan, I'm absolutely thrilled that he's coming to my school to develop him because, I mean, as I've talked to offensive linemen in the past, you know, this past year, they developed some pretty good ones last year. Their, their offensive line was pretty decent last year, if I remember right, Sam. <laughs> it was. It was. It's good again this year, too. What about Samaj Bridgman? Let's go over to PA and look on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean, Samaj – What I? so I've known Samaj for a long time. He's been on the radar for, for a long time, three schools ago. I think I first saw him when he was at um, Bishop McDevitt, which is the one just outside of Philly, not the one a couple hours further away in Harrisburg. And he was a kid who, you know, just needed to reshape his body. And he's, he's done that. He was at Archbishop Wood. Now he's at Imitep. Re, reshape his body. He's quicker. Um, he can play downhill more. My biggest question with Samaj has always been and continues to be, can he get, you know, if he's playing that inside backer role, can he get to the edge to make plays? You know, I, I think he could be physical enough inside. Um, you know, he still has some learning to do in terms of making sure he can get off blocks and get to the right gap also and, and, and run fits. But the question I have is, is he an every down linebacker? Meaning when it's third and eight, is he still on the field? Does he have that ability to cover the tight end if you need him to do that? Or, you know, when you're in third and eight and you go to nickel, is he coming off? And I think that's something that, now, I've watched his film from the, you know, I'm going to see him later in the season. And so I'll have a better idea on it. But that was always my concern going in. And I know in the recruiting process, that was the concern of a lot of schools of, you know, is he a two down, a three, you know, is he, I mean, I guess it would be a three or four down. But to me, you know, on third and eight, is he on the field or is he not on the field? And that to me, that's something that remains a question. All right. Time will tell on that. And just a couple of names from the junior class. A guy that I'm really excited to try to get out and see before the end of the season down to St. John's uh, there in D.C. Jordan C. What do you, think of Jordan? <laughs> you will love him. You will love him. He is a freak athlete. He is a great competitor. Listen, I watched this kid play last year with a broken hand and they played against good counsel to where he was going against some really good rush ends, including Neil Avery, who, you know, was one time committed to Penn State. I think now he's committed to Ole Miss or Kentucky. I'm sorry, folks. I'm old and I can't remember. It's been <laughs> right. so long ago. Um, I hear you. But, but 
Um, Jordan C he moves well, he bends well, he he dominated that game with a with a cast on his hands that looked like a you know like a club. It, it was just a club. And so I, I love him. I, I, he's athletic. And what I really like, Sam, is he knows that rankings aren't the end all be all, but he still wants to be ranked the best. So he's he's always driven to get better. Um, he's a fun kid to talk to. I don't know if you've had much time to to talk with him or or deal with him, but you'll love him. He, he's fantastic, just in terms of you know being a real personable kid. And he's the kind of kid that can play. To me, he can play tackle for a long time in football. Yeah, he is uh, definitely an athletic freak. I have spoken to him. A really, really engaging kid. And uh, you know, Michigan has they have St. John's kids on the roster. They have a lot of DMV yep. flavor on the roster, and they're trying well, to lead well, we, into Yeah, I mean, Nick Harbor told me that he was with Quentin Johnson, right? When when he was on his official visit, right? So yeah, and they and they use that much to you know to their advantage as well they should i mean they talk about how what's your connection with nick harbor because we love nick um gotta talk about him um but what's your connection for for a kid like jordan when he goes well hey some dmv kids i mean blake Horm's a dmv kid um you know are you having success are you doing well there and when those kids say hey it feels like home or they make you feel like home it, it's great i mean that stuff matters yeah, and a couple of PA kids. Again, Michigan doing some more work in, in PA, and PA has some some really highly ranked kids on the board, starting with Quentin Martin. Uh, so I'll just rapid fire. Quentin Martin, let's start with him. Rapid fire. Yeah, I, I mean, saw him over the summer running back. He, he starts talking about maybe he could play slot or even play in the secondary or linebacker. I think he's a, I think he's a stud running back who – dominates his competition physical I, I think ohio state michigan penn state um i think those are schools that really stand out right now and i'll just tell you this right now the nil will be heavily involved in that one gotcha ticier denmark stud great route runner catches everything um you know really is coming into his own as a player his receiver out of philly roman catholic uh he is a kid to me that will be at a blue blood program. Um, he will, I, I, you know, NIL is important to all these kids. I don't care what they say it is. Um, Cause I, I just watch it every recruitment pretty much. Um, and so I, I think Michigan will have a really good chance with him as long as they continue to recruit him and get him on campus. He is not the, uh, you know, four, three eight kid who's going to just run wild all over the place but he is tough i mean he's philly tough and he is a very good route runner with reliable hands and listen i'll take that if you're a good route runner you can get out of breaks and you catch it and and they're reliable that, that to me that's what you need all right and last one for you i mean there we could go all day but i can't <laughs> i can't keep you away so a kid who visited back in the spring, who has stayed in contact with Michigan, Anthony Speck out of Pittsburgh, Central Catholic. So what about Anthony? Yeah, he's an interesting kid. And again, a great kid who I saw in the summer, reshaped his body a bit, trimmed down. You know, he's one of those kids that's like, you know, 16 or 17 going on 35 with his maturity level. Um, just really down to earth kid. He will go to, a, he, he knows who he is. 
inside linebacker type, will fill run gaps. Um, I think he's a Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan kind of kid. Uh, he's already very physically mature, which I know, um, you know, when we're doing evaluations, he's so far along with that, that he's going to be able to fit into a college program quickly, but you're, it's not going to be like, oh, well, wait till he gets into the strength program. He's already well grounded in that stuff. Um, but I, I think he is a kid that to me, you know, when you're talking about types of kids, you know, with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State from that region, he fits the mold of those. And, and Notre Dame, if they're going to move on him, he, he fits that mold too. Um, again, it, with with him, it, he's going to make a ton of visits. He already has. And so it's how much does Michigan make him a priority to get him out to campus as much as possible? And is it enough to offset what Penn State will try to do because don't forget Terry Smith recruits Western PA for Penn State and he is you know Sam like you're a legend in Ann Arbor (laughs) Terry's a legend out in Western PA yeah man since I remember Terry when he was uh when he was the coach over a gateway Gateway. Monte Nicholson yeah Yeah. Monte Nicholson and then guy and kids before I mean you know you had to go through Terry yeah and 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 even if it wasn't one of his kids if it was a western pa kid you're just like hey you hear anything on this and then you know he'll give you the rundown on everything so he's 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 locked in and and he's tough to beat on some of those kids out there yeah i hear you i'm sure he will be for uh for this kid as well for all those other programs well as always brian you filled it up we appreciate your time i know you got to get back to all the other schools you have to you have to give uh, intel too as well. So we appreciate you taking the time today. Hey, Sam, you know, anytime for you, man. It's always fun being on and I appreciate it. All right, folks, to the rest of you, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. You can find it on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like this video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. You'll be able to get a notification every time you put up another video. Of course, you can find everything we do over on the michiganinsider.com that's where you can see all the videos all the stories all the intel on the message board one dollar gets you in your first month you get access not only to the michigan site on 24 7 sports all of the 24 7 sports network sites and of course once you become hooked and become a full paying member you'll also get access to paramount plus in addition to your subscription to 24 7 sports great bang for your buck so you cannot beat it of course folks be sure to tune in for the next edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.